Amen. I was inspired by Bill Randolph's Sunday school lesson last Sunday when he was talking about the tabernacle, God's dwelling place. And he said they pitched it right in the middle of the camp. And then he said God dwelt in a tent. The tabernacle was made of a tent because his people dwelt in tents. And then when they inhabited the land of Canaan, they dwelt in houses and God uh, turned the tabernacle into a house, a temple. And he made the statement of how God really desires to be with his people. So that inspired this message. God with us. Now when you go to seminary or Bible college and you take preaching classes, they call it homiletics. The first thing they teach you, and I don't know of too many preachers that do it, is they say, make a thesis statement. Just in one simple statement, say what you want to say through your sermon and what you want the people to hear through your sermon. Now, if you know where you're going, you'll probably take the best and shortest route there. So let me share with you my thesis statement today. Our great and holy God has a passionate desire to be personally involved in the lives of his children. Now let me say that one more time. Because this is something I know most of us know up here, but do we really know it in our heart, in our everyday lives? Our great God, you know he's great, awesome, holy, eternal, on and on we could go. And holy God has a passionate, not because he had to, but because he chose to, a passionate desire to be personally involved in our lives as his children. First, as seen in creation. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 2, 7, let us, us refers to one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm one man, but I'm a husband, I'm a dad, and I am a son, but one man. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is only said of the creation of man. Only man is made in the image of God. Image and likeness are pretty much synonymous. Now, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, in some of my systematic theology books, there are about five or six pages dedicated to that, and it means several wonderful things. It means we're God's representative. But let me tell you what it means in application to this message. We are in the image of God so that we can have a relationship with God. We can have a personal intimacy and closeness to God. It's interesting to me that uh, right after the command of God creating man, he began to speak to man. The dogs can't hear God speak, but mankind can hear God speak and communicate. And the Lord God, Jehovah, most sacred name, God, Elohim, the God of power and creation, Form, the word formed is a word that is used in Jeremiah of a potter carefully and skillfully forming a special vessel. 
and the Lord God for man of the dust of the ground. Did you know this is actually Hebrew poetry? This is the first poem in the Bible. The Hebrew word for man is Adam, and the Hebrew word for dust is Adama. And so he reminds us when we get a little conceited from whence we came. The dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul or a living being. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, about three times we're told that the animals have the breath of life. They're a living being. But only, only, only is it said of man that God breathed. And the word breathe means to give a puff. God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. The Hebrew scholars, more often than not, will tell you there is an emphasis, emphasis of intimacy here. I don't know how God revealed himself in the book of Genesis, but the first person man encountered when he was created, he was face to face with his God. Don't tell me God doesn't want to be personally. He's passionate about being involved. In our life, being with us. You say, well, Jack, what's the big deal about that? Well, what if after the service today you saw me out there on the ground and I'm kneeling down before an ant bed and I'm just looking at those ants and delighting in those ants and talking to those ants and you'd say, it's time for your retirement, Brother Jack. Either that or some Prozac or something. Uh, do you realize there is a greater distance between almighty, all-knowing, all-present God, there is a greater distance between him and us than me and those ants, and yet he wants to be personally, lovingly involved. He wants to be with us. Awesome. As seen in God's expressions, which picture reality, First of all, walking with God. Jeff talked about that last week in Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. This language indicates uh, before man fell into sin, it was, an, it was a habitual thing that God would come and walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He desires to be with us. The scripture says, and Enoch walked with God. You know, if I were to say, Gary, let's walk for a minute, that would mean I want to walk side by side. I want to be with Gary. I want to fellowship with Gary. I want to hear Gary. I want to talk with Gary. Noah walked with God. As seen in the expression, friendship with God. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He is our awesome creator, and yet he wants to be our friend Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Whoa! Next time we sing what a friend we have in Jesus, stop and think about who Jesus is. And it's because he initiates it before we do. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face through the pillar of the cloud in front of the tabernacle. As a man speaks to his friend... 
Jesus brings it home to his disciples and us in John, greater love hath no one than this, that they lay down one's life for his, not subjects, not some big and personal king that decided he would try an experiment and create mankind. He didn't lay down his life for his subjects or his objects, his friends. Wow. He said, I have called you friends in John 15, 15. As seen in the comparison of our salvation with the husband and wife relationship. Do you get any closer, any more personal than that? Dr. Rogers used to tell Joyce, if Joyce leaves me, I'm going with her. And that's how close we ought to be. 2 Corinthians eleven two, 2, For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ is our spiritual bridegroom. It doesn't get any better than that. A fellow was playing golf one day with his friend, and they were on the third hole, and it was close to the highway, and a funeral procession came by. And he, he was just about ready to make a putt. And he just got down on his knees when he saw the funeral procession, prayed silently for about 30 seconds, and then got up and started playing golf. And his friend said, I want you to know that's the most respectful thing of the dead I've ever seen. He said, well, I was married to her for 45 years. It's the least I could do. <laughs> Some of us are so busy in our daily activities thinking the world is all about us we forget whom we're married to spiritually. I left out one. Put it in your notes, the children of God. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Put an exclamation mark around that. God doesn't want to just be our Lord and our God, but our Father in heaven. Is it coming through to you? God desires to be with us as seen in the dwelling places. And this is what Bill was teaching about last week. The tabernacle, Exodus 29, and there I shall meet with the children of Israel. I will dwell among the children of Israel and be their God. He wanted to be with them. So he put this tabernacle. He made it as a tent to relate to them. He put it right in the middle of the 12 tribes of Israel, three tribes on each side. He wanted to be right in the middle of their lives. And then the temple later on became the house of God. I have consecrated this house which you have built and put my name there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. It's called the house of God. Well, can it get any better than this? God desires us to have a personal close relationship with him. He desires us to be with him. We sinned and certainly marred that relationship. He still desires to be with us. As our friend, he desires to be with us. As our spiritual husband, he desires to be with us. As our heavenly father, he, he desires to be with us as seen in the tabernacle and the temple in the midst of his people. Can it get any better? Let's take a giant step forward. As Star Trek would say, let's go warp speed ahead.
as seen in the sending of his son. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated. Can you say it with me? God with us. Now, Jesus was all about several things. He was especially about dying as a sacrifice for our sin, but what was the ultimate purpose of that? So that God would be with us. Jesus is all about God being with us. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But let me tell you, God is not just a, our God is not, and the only true God, doesn't just sit up in heaven and watch us and say, I hope everything turns out all right. No, he stepped down out of heaven. To do what? To be with us. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Well, Jackie can't get any better than that. God leaving heaven's throne and coming down in the midst of us for 33 years or so. Yes, it can. Now, at first, you're going to say, well, that's not better than Jesus being here in person. But yes, it is. As seen in the indwelling Holy Spirit. Where was God's presence <clears throat> among Israel? It was in the tabernacle. It was in the temple. Where was God's special presence? In Jesus. In this church age, where is his tabernacle? He is in us. You're talking about with us. That's why Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. The word another is a Greek word that means another of the same kind, that he may abide with you forever. Here he is, the Holy Spirit of truth, the third person of the Trinity, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, for he dwells, he's with you and will be in you. And I love this part of the verse. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. When he speaks of heaven in that well-known passage, John 14, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may walk on golden streets. No, where I am, there you may be also. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Can it get any better? Yes, sir, in heaven. What's heaven really all about? It's, it's about a lot of things that we look forward to. But Revelation 21 and 22, the last chapters of Revelation that describe heaven, tell us what it's really all about. Where's God been going? What is his ultimate plan and purpose that we might be with him? Revelation 21, 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is, what? With men, and he will dwell, what? with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. That's where God's been headed throughout 
the creation of mankind to be with his people. Doesn't it humble us? What grace, what mercy. Now, my favorite verse in the whole book of Revelation, 22.4, and they shall see his face. How did this all begin? The first face Adam saw, somewhere or another, was the face of God. Where's it going to end up? They shall see his face. Do you realize at that moment? No, we can't realize. Do you even, heart hath not imagined, begin to realize how wonderful that's going to be for you and me. And his name shall be in their foreheads. Now, when I get to heaven, I want to see my mom and dad. I want to see old angel Gabriel and all the friends I had. I want to see the heavenly city. I want to walk on streets of gold. I want to sit by that crystal river and see sights untold. But when I get to heaven, the thing I long to see is the look of love in Jesus' eyes when he looks at me. You see, no one ever loved me with such amazing grace. And on that day, he'll call my name and I'll see him face to face. Now, when I get to heaven, I may see his spear-torn side. I'll see those nail prints in his hands where he was crucified. I'll fall before his presence. I'll worship at his throne. I'll lift my hands, Bart, and say, glory for all that he has done. But when I get to heaven, the thing I long to see is the look of love in Jesus' eyes when he looks at me. You see, no one ever loved me with such amazing grace. And on that day, he'll call your name, your name, your name, your name, my name. And we'll see him face to face. Let's stand and sing.